What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Tuesday, March 8th. Yes, it is finally conference tournament time for college basketball. We're getting into the thick of things from here until early April. It's just going to be all college basketball. So much fun. So much to talk about. So we're really excited for it. And as promised from last episode, we do have our full conference tournament brackets set up for today. So we're going to be going through the Power Five conferences and also the Big East. If you guys didn't listen to last episode, we gave you our champions for each conference tournament that we think will come out on top. Today, we're going to be giving you our full brackets. We picked every game for each bracket. um, But today, for the sake of not boring the crap out of you guys, we're actually just going to go through the quarterfinals through the finals of every conference tournament. So, right, that'll be ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, Pac-12, and Big East. Um, And we might have some changes in champions. I don't know if Matt does. I know I have one change in champion from from our last episode, so be sure to stay tuned for that. If you did listen to last episode, there's probably going to be some changes in this episode because I had more time to look at things and, 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 you know, kind of study my stuff more so. So I've I've gone with a different champion in in one of them. So, yeah, Matt, how are you? Yeah, it's March. I mean, it has been for about a week now. But I mean, this is really when March becomes March. This is when we get to the the month of college basketball. March is the month of college basketball. And that's what we're getting here. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, everyone is is on a different scale in terms of being a college basketball fan. But uh, I don't think anything can top the feeling of just watching Chattanooga play Furman for the SOCON championship on a Tuesday, on a Monday night. All right. And it comes down to the wire. All right. Furman hits a three point buzzer beater to get it to overtime, tie it, go go to overtime in overtime. Furman hits a layup with like four seconds left. Chattanooga comes down with the ball. Guy shoots a three with three guys in his face. He's got arms all over him and he swishes a three and Chattanooga wins by one. They're going dancing. All right. This is March. This is exact. That encompasses all of what we're talking about here. And so that's the best part about this is like you got to get hype beyond just March Madness. You got to be watching these conference tournaments. I'm watching Wright State in Northern Kentucky right now. Are you kidding me? This is amazing. So that's what we're here for. And then obviously, as Hayden said, we'll go through the brackets, the conference tournament brackets and and. Kind of just to just to, you know, just to get the fun going, because, again, a lot of people listening to this podcast, probably, you know, you really only do a March Madness bracket. You may not have even been following college basketball throughout the season. We've talked about it a bunch, um, just kind of updates what teams are doing, who the teams are, that type of stuff. But maybe, you know, you haven't really been aware of it as much or, or just kind of, you know, you're here and there on it. You're not you're not really picking up you know, who, who's doing well and whatnot. So, you know, whatever. But but that's the thing is that it's it's this is the precursor to the best week uh, ever in my, in my, in my mind. Well, the two best days of the year, the Thursday and Friday, the first round of March madness. So that's what we're here for to bring you the, uh, bring you to conference tournament brackets. We're going to go through all of them as Hayden said, well, the power five and the big East as Hayden said. Um, and then we even got, even got some bonus topics, obviously going to get to the NFL um, as we usually do. And then maybe a little bit of golf at the end. We're going to see if we have time, depending on how long uh, these, these brackets take. So definitely a, a, a content filled episode and we're ready to get right into it. Yes, sir. That is correct. <clears throat> now, like Matt said, we got 
Um, we've got college basketball first. So we're, we're going to give you this, this topic first, just to kind of, again, you know, get everybody excited for March because we are so excited and then we'll get NFL second. And then like Matt said, maybe, maybe golf third. So just to get right into college basketball, here are conference tournament brackets. So I think, I think we should just go down the line here. I, I made kind of a weird um, order on, in like on my paper here. Yes, I did it on paper. I'm I'm a little bit old fashioned here the way I did it. I don't really know why I did it, but that's what I did for my Super Bowl or my um my playoff bracket thing that I that we did back in, in NFL playoff time. So I'm doing it again for for college basketball here. So I've got ACC first. That's the first one that I picked here. My quarterfinal, and again f- for this one, just to kind of clear up how we're gonna do this, I'm gonna go through my whole ACC bracket, and then Matt's gonna go through his whole whole ACC bracket. And then I'll go through my whole big 10 one and then, yeah, so on. So we're not going to go, you know, pick for pick because that'll get super confusing. You guys will kind of forget who we have where as we go along. So my whole ACC bracket coming up here, I've got, of course, you know, Duke at the one seed and then I've got Florida state at the eight seed. I've got Duke winning that game. Cause you know, whatever it's, it's Duke, it's Florida state there. Florida state's a pretty strong team, but yeah, I've, I've got Duke um, winning it. And then Miami versus Wake Forest. I've got Wake Forest winning that game. I think Wake Forest has been strong all year. Then I've got Notre Dame at the two seed against Tech at the Virginia Tech at the seven seed. I've got I've actually got Tech winning that one. That's one of my biggest upsets of the of all of my tournaments here. I think Virginia Tech's pretty good. They've got that guy. Um, I think it's like Keve Aluma or something, and he's he's a beast, dude. He's he's really good. He's a big too, so he's kind of like a stretch guy, and he's he's really nice. Notre Dame, they're all right, but. Um, I haven't really seen much from them this season. And then UNC UVA, I've got UNC winning. Sad for UVA, but it is what it is. And then for Duke Wake Forest, I've got Duke winning that one. Again, I've I said last episode how confident I am in Duke for the conference tournament. So I've got Duke, Duke winning that. And then UNC against the, uh, Virginia Tech. I've got Virginia Tech. I mean, sorry. I've got UNC winning that. So we'll have a rematch of Duke and UNC in the in the conference championship for for the sorry yeah the conference championship for the acc and then i've got duke winning that because i don't think that unc can beat to duke twice in in one season so there you go okay well yeah unc and duke already played and duke duke beat them once by 20 and then unc beat them obviously it was like the interchangeable yeah you know what happened okay so here's my bracket uh going for the quarterfinals here similar to hayden i have duke beating florida state in the first, uh, you know, the first game of the quarterfinals there. I have uh, I have Boston College beating Wake Forest. I watched Boston College play Pitt today. They beat him by like 24 points, and I just haven't seen much of Wake Forest, and all this stuff is crazy when you get to conference tournament time. So um, I got – so I got number – the four-seed Miami going against the 13-seed uh, Boston College. I do think Miami is going to pull it out there. Um, I don't – I think Notre Dame is going to beat Virginia Tech. I do agree with Hayden, though. This is going to be – it's it's a 2-7 matchup, so Notre Dame's a 2-seed Virginia Tech. The seven seed, that's gonna be it's gonna be a lot closer than like a two seven normally would be. And and again, as I talked about in the last episode, Notre Dame is is weirdly the two seed in the first place. Like they, I think they have a worse overall record than like three of the teams below them. So yeah, yeah, weird seating there. I I definitely agree with Hayden. That could be a that could be a really potential upset. You, I have so Louisville's beating Georgia Tech by like thirty right now. Um, so they're going to, they're going to take together. They're going to play Virginia. Most likely I have UVA winning that game. And then I have UVA beating UNC. I don't know. I feel like wow. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just is one of those things where, like, UNC just had a huge win. They're going to be high on themselves. They're going to be, you know, coming in there, and they're not going to really expect, like, the worst team, like, the, the, the team that you least want to play when you're in UNC's position right now after, like, beating your biggest rival at home in the most, like, the crazy biggest stage, Coach K's retirement, the, the, like, the team that you want to face the least is UVA just because of how they mess you up on offense and stuff. So I have UVA going into the semifinals in the ACC tournament. Um, I have Duke beating Miami. I mean, that's, you know, again, it's, it's pretty much, that's what we've been saying all day. It's Duke. Um, I have UVA matched up against Notre Dame. I have UVA winning that game too. I just think that they can make a run. It may be a Homer pick because I went there. And I also think that they really honestly need to make it to the championship game to even have a prayer to make the NCAA tournament. So I'm kidding. Maybe I, maybe I'm willing it to happen a little bit. Um, and then I have Duke beating UVA in the championship game. So I got, I got the one versus the six seed in this, in the, uh, ACC championship. I have Duke winning. We put, we, you know, we went over that last time. We both are going to pick Duke to win. It's it's not. It's it's just one of those years where the ACC is just really down, except for Duke. They have a bunch of lottery picks. They're just more talented than everybody. Um, and in kind of in the same situation as as Duke and UNC, what Hayden was talking about, they basically split their regular season matchups, right? So you know, Duke you Duke won one game against UNC. UNC won the other game against Duke. Same with UVA, right? So UVA went to Duke and beat them. And then Duke went to UVA and beat them. So it's like each of these teams has kind of won on the road and lost on the road. Um, or no, sorry, won on the road and lost at home in all these situations. So I have Duke, uh, the, the one seed, beating UVA the sixth seed and being crowned as the ACC champ conference champion. There you go. I, I didn't expect UVA to be high on Matt's, on Matt's board there. But I'm, I am happy to see that because... Again, Matt went there, and I'm, I currently go there, so it's kind of sad that I don't have enough faith in them. Again, I've 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 actually seen them play a lot, like you know, in person this season, and so I they're they're good, and they've gotten a lot better throughout the season. So I I definitely don't think that 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 it's out of the question for for UVA to you know beat a team like UNC, and then I, I think if they do beat UNC, I think Matt's right. They you know whoever they play Tech or Notre Dame in that in that semifinal game, I think they'll beat them. So as, as long as they, they, they get past UNC, I think they can definitely get to the, to the championship game. But then of course you got to play Duke most likely. So that'll be tough, but moving on to big 10 here, big 10 is our next conference that we're going to go into. I've got one um, Illinois, obviously top seed in, in, in the big 10 against Michigan. And I'm picking Illinois in that one, just because again, Kobe Coburn, he's, he's a beast. And I think Illinois, I think Illinois is going to try to really, I don't, I don't know about conference championship or, or, you know, conference tournament. I don't know if they're going to really be like super good in the conference tournament because they know that they have a pretty good seed locked up, you know, a, a, a one or a two seed. Well, yeah, pro- probably anywhere from like a one th- to a three seed locked up in the tournament. And so that'll be, it kind of depends on how they do in the conference tournament, honestly. But, you know, I think they're like, either way, they're going to, they're going to really want to turn up uh, when it comes March Madness time. So maybe not conference tournament. They're going to, maybe save some of their save some of their stuff for uh for for the NCAA tournament. So yeah, so for the 4 or 5 matchup, I've got Rutgers and Iowa playing. Um I think that I think that Iowa is like really underrated this this season and you guys will see why in a, in a probably a minute when I get to it. But um but yeah, I've, I've got Iowa beating Rutgers because Rutgers is pretty good. They actually have a, a you know, a couple good wins here and there, but they I don't know. I think I was very underrated this season. So I'm picking Iowa there. And then I've got the two seed Wisconsin against Maryland. I, I picked Maryland. I forget who they played. I think it was the seven seed. 
I forgot who the seven seed was, um, but I've got, I think it was Michigan State. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State is not, we've kind of talked about it on this podcast too. Michigan State is not the team that they want to be this season. I don't think they really have any kind of momentum at all. They don't have any, like, I don't think they have any, really any faith in themselves. And so I think that Maryland's going to pull that one out. But I do have Wisconsin um, beating, beating Maryland in that quarterfinal game. And then Purdue, Ohio State, the three against the six seed. Ohio State hasn't shown me anything this season that's worth putting them through to the semifinals. So, yeah, so I'm going to go Purdue on this one. I also picked Purdue to be my my um, Big Ten champion in my la- in the last episode, but this is the conference where things get a little get a little sticky. All right, get a little dicey. Yeah, things get a little dicey in this conference. All right, so Illinois against the against Iowa, the one seed against the five seed in the quarterfinal here. I mean, in the semifinal here, I've got Iowa beating Illinois. Like I said, Illinois is. I think Illinois is saving a lot of their a lot of their you know, manpower, a lot of their, a lot of their basketball really for the NCAA tournament. I don't think they're going to really try to go hard in the conference tournament here. So I think they're going to kind of just, you know, try to coast by, but I think Iowa is going to catch them off guard. Um, and then I've got Wisconsin and Purdue, the two and three seed in the, in the other semifinal game, I've got Purdue winning that because like I said, Purdue, they were my, they were my conference champion that I had last episode. So I'm going to stay consistent with that. But then in the championship game, I've got Iowa and Purdue, and I'm going Iowa winning the Big Ten tournament because, dude, listen to me now, all right? So Iowa, they do have they they do have a couple of good wins, but they also score a crazy amount of points, like almost every game. They've scored, I think they've scored in the 90s three or four times this season. They scored 110 points once. That is just that's like that's insane for college basketball, even if it's even if it's overtime like that's still those are still insane scores. They beat a lot of their opponents by, you know, 20 plus points. So I think they're going to come out and really surprise Purdue in the in the championship game or whoever they play. I mean, they can play Wisconsin, too. I don't I don't really care. Give me give me Iowa against anybody in that bottom part of the bracket. I'm picking Iowa to win the Big Ten tournament and you can't tell me otherwise. So there you go. Iowa's my champion. All right. Yes. Love the upset picks there from, from Hayden. I agree. And Ken Palm, you know, if you, if you follow Ken Palm, you look at this stuff, I was like the fourth best, like offensive efficiency rated team. And you wouldn't ever think about it because they, you know, they haven't really been ranked all year and they're kind of, you know, they're kind of wishy-washy defense has a lot to be desired, but again, if you get hot, in any type of basketball tournament, you have the chance to win it. So definitely think that's a, that's a good underdog pick by Hayden there. Um, we disagree on a lot of stuff. Just going to say for, for the Big Ten here. So this, this, the kind of the beginning of it starts out the same. I have Illinois beating Michigan to move on to the semifinal. Um, I have Iowa beating whoever they play in the first round or the, in the, in the quarterfinal. Then I have Iowa beating Rutgers to move on to the semifinal as well. So that's kind of pretty much the exact same thing that, that, uh, that Hayden had not going to do too much explaining there. Hayden had Maryland beating Michigan state in the quarterfinal game or in the, in the, one before, even before that yeah. I have Michigan beating Maryland. I Michigan state, or sorry, Michigan state, Michigan state is, I don't know. Again, Hayden mentioned it. They're, they're very inconsistent, but when they show up, they play really, really good basketball. And so Hayden had them out in the first round and he's going to be pretty surprised by how far I have Michigan. State. it's, 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 it's mostly though, because like 
they're always just that team that can make a run. Like Tom Izzo, just he knows how to coach. Like if you ever heard the phrase, I don't even know who who coined it or whatever, but like a lot of people say it's like the, the phrase is January, February Izzo, which I don't even understand why they cool. say that. It's like it's like his name replaces March because like he is March. I get that, but like uh, it doesn't start with an M. It doesn't rhyme with March. Like it has nothing to do, yeah. but. That's just what people say. That's the saying. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride with the January, February Izzo saying, <laughs> which doesn't really make much sense. I'm going to take Michigan state. And I'm going to have them beating Wisconsin and to make it to the semifinal round, the seven over to two seed. Cause Wisconsin, as we mentioned, like tw- they're 12 and one in games decided by five or fewer points. They've just been extremely lucky all season. Johnny Davis got pretty hurt. I don't know if he's, he should play, but he may not. Um, he, he got hurt in their last game when like he really shouldn't have been playing anyway. They were playing Nebraska and they ended up losing at home anyway. So it's like that whole situation is kind of weird. So I have Michigan going on to the Michigan State going on to the semifinal game in a big upset there. Purdue, I have beating Ohio State. As Hayden mentioned, Ohio State, you just never know what you're going to get from them. And Purdue at least has the size and the offensive capability to at least kind of I think just put away Ohio state pretty easily there. So I have Illinois playing Iowa, the same thing that Hayden had Hayden had Iowa over Illinois. I'm going to pick Illinois over Iowa. I can see where you would think, I don't know. I think I just, I just think that Illinois and Hayden made a good case. Like they may not be trying super hard Illinois, but at the same time, I think that's what happened last year. I think they didn't try too hard in the big 10 tournament. And I think they're going to, they're going to try really hard this time because what happened was they didn't try hard in the big 10 tournament last year. They won one game and then they got beat by Loyola Chicago, Chicago, the eighth seed uh, when Illinois was a one seed and one of the heavy title favorites, uh, you know, to win, to win the whole thing last year. So I have Illinois, Illinois, advancing to the championship game and then i have michigan state beating purdue in the semifinals and to make that an illinois versus michigan state a one seed versus a seven seed so for the acc i had one seed duke versus six seed virginia this time i have one seed illinois versus seven seed michigan state and i have illinois winning that game as i said i think i mean none none of my predictions from the last episode are going to change um it's just kind of you know fun to to pick the brackets to see who's going to come out on top but yeah i think this is where michigan state's run ends and i think illinois as i said they lost or they didn't try very hard in the Big Ten tournament last year. I think it bit them in the butt. They're going to kind of do the opposite this year, go into the tournament, playing their hardest, seeing as, you know, doing as much as they can do. Because, yeah, they know they're going to make it to March Madness, but, like, you want to be playing your hardest just because, like, once you get to the tournament, there's nerves, there's everything else. So I have uh, I have Illinois over Michigan State in a, you know, an upset semifinal round, but not an upset pick in terms of I'm just picking the one seed for both of these tournament champions or, you know, conference tournament champions so far. Already, yeah, the, the the Illinois pick, I think I think you're right. They could go both ways with, you know, they're either going to try to save a lot of their a lot of their star power for the NCAA tournament, or they're going to just try to, you know, ride this whole thing out from conference tournament on. That that that's also a pretty good argument there. But uh, but yeah, moving on to Big Twelve here. So the one seed Kansas, I think, is 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 going to beat Kansas State in the eight seed in the in the quarterfinal round to move on to the semifinals. Kansas is just, you know, Kansas is nice. And also Kansas State, I guess, is kind of their like sort of their rivals ish, their state rival, I guess. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're going to be Kansas State and the four or five matchup, Texas and TCU. I have Texas winning that again. I, I kind of preached about Texas last episode and, and how my roommate will was really high on them. I mean, he kind of showed me why um, and, and kind of convinced me to kind of look into Texas and, and, and see how good they are. So I think Texas is, has a really good team this year. So they're going to, they're going to move on to the semifinals there. 
And then Baylor, Oklahoma, I've got Baylor winning that. You guys know how I feel about Baylor. If you've listened to me basically at all this season, talking about college basketball, I love Baylor again this season. They've, they're looking a lot like they had, they, they're looking a lot like they did last year and they won the championship last year. So there you go with that. And then Texas tech versus Iowa state. I've got Texas tech winning that not really anything like crazy in these first, in this, in these first um, quarterfinal and semifinal games here. Again, I've got the one through eight seeds playing in the quarterfinals and then the one through four seeds playing in the, in the semifinals. So nothing too crazy there, but Kansas and Texas playing in the semifinal. I've got Texas beating Kansas. Um, Texas gave them a, a Texas gave Kansas a really big run for their money in the last time they played, which was, I think, uh, I think it was Saturday or Friday or something this past Saturday or Friday. And so, yeah, it actually was Saturday because it was right before the, the Duke UNC game. That's, that's what happened. So yeah, uh, Kansas ended up coming out on top in, in overtime, but Texas put it into overtime and, you know, kept, kept up with them. So I think they're going to, I think they're going to kind of be able to pull it out against Kansas in this one. So I've got Texas going into the championship for the big 12 and then Baylor going into to the championship as well, beating Texas tech, because I just think that Baylor is a better team. And then Baylor, Texas, the, the two against the four seed in the, Big 12 championship. I've got Baylor winning that again. I picked Baylor as my, as my big 12 champion in the last episode that we did. And I think they're going to be able to pull it out against Texas. They, they kind of are Baylor, Texas is kind of also another rival ish, especially in basketball. I think so. Um, so yeah, I think Baylor is going to come out there and, and, and do their best. I think Baylor is one of those teams that just, they're all gas, no breaks, dude. They don't, they don't really stop for anybody. They don't try to save any of their stuff for anybody. They've already, they're already down a big man. So I think they're really just going to try to try to go all out this, you know, all of March. They're not really going to try to rest anybody or, or, or kind of, you know, sit anybody here or not try here. I think they're going to, I think they're really just going to try to, you know, keep their foot on the gas, the all of March and they're going to come out on top in the big 12 tournament. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's a, that's a pretty good bracket and it's interesting. I think we're going to have, it, it's kind of, we have a, we have a similar take on, on some of these teams here. Um, obviously we're going to have different champions, but so, yeah. So to kind of get us going here from my side, I have, um, I have Texas beating TCU as well. I wanted to pick TCU and I think that they're like, they're a really good underrated team. Jamie Dixon is their head coach and he used to coach Pitt. Um, and that, that like when Pitt, Pitt used to be like, they were in the Big East. They were like a one seed every year. I think they even they they got to at least like one Final Four um, under him. And so he's a really good proven coach. TCU has been a good team this whole year. I just I don't know. I think like Hayden said, Texas has just proved a lot more than them so far. And I think that you know just the caliber of of, of team that Texas is is just a little bit better than TCU. So I do have Texas winning that matchup. I have Texas facing off against Kansas in the in the semifinal game because I think Kansas is going to beat either Kansas State or West Virginia, whoever. Um, and then obviously kind of pretty much same as Hayden down the bottom here, Baylor beating Oklahoma, Texas sec beating Iowa state. Um, and then it also continues when me and Hayden are definitely agreeing on this. I have Texas beating Kansas in the semifinal game, Texas going to the big 12 championship. This is kind of where I'm thinking that the one seed is getting a little bit, they're, they're not going to try as hard. They know that they're going to be potentially a one seed in, you know, in March Madness to begin with. So I think that Texas can really, can really do some work. And as Hayden mentioned, they did play on Saturday. They went to overtime and it was at Kansas. So Texas went into Kansas and almost beat them. Uh, it took them overtime to do it. So that was definitely a good showing by Texas. I think they can hold their own and do it again on a neutral site this time against Texas or against Kansas, excuse me. Then I have Texas tech beating Baylor. 
I don't know. I really like Baylor. And I, and I, again, I think that I might even in some, in some brackets that I make, I'll probably have Baylor winning the whole thing just because as Hayden said, like a lot of the players have been there and done that before. They did it literally last year. And like Hayden said too, they, they're playing in the similar sense that they did last year. So it's going to be tough to kind of pick against them. I'm going to do it here just because I do think the Texas tech is, you know, if they can find their mojo, they'll be on and, and they can definitely win this game. And then, and I have the, uh, so the, 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 the championship game would be Texas versus Texas tech. And I have Texas tech coming across in that game and winning the big 12. Alrighty. Sounds good. Yeah. Texas tech, they, they can definitely upset some up, upset, some good teams. And they, we saw them do it. I guess it was two years. No, last year, two years ago, maybe one of those years we, we saw them go to the final four. So yeah, that's Texas Tech definitely can can do it again. Now moving on to SEC, we've got the one seed Auburn. I actually picked Florida to beat. I forget who the again. I only have the quarterfinals written down here, so I forget who the eight seed was. But I've got the nine seed Florida playing against Auburn in the quarterfinal game, and I've got Auburn winning that because Florida they they can they can be good, but like they they're just really bad sometimes. Like and when I say really bad, I mean like bad bad. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Auburn in this game just because you know, again they're you know they're one seed. I don't have any one seeds losing in the in the quarterfinals here. Sorry to say, but that's not happening. So yeah, moving on to the four versus five seed, we've got four seed Arkansas versus five seed L- LSU. I've got Arkansas winning that game. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. LSU, LSU's again, they've they're kind of good, but they they haven't really shown much this season. And I think Arkansas, like Arkansas being a four seed and LSU being a five seed, I think Arkansas is like so much better of a team that the gap between the four and five seed here is probably the biggest out of any conference, I think. So that's kind of interesting there. And then Tennessee versus I, I picked uh, the 10 seed Mississippi, Mississippi state to beat whoever the seven seed. Well, again, I don't, I don't forget who the seven seed was, but I kind of just went through these, you know, not as fast as I could, but I, I went through these and, and thought about it at the time, but then now I don't have it on paper. So I kind of forget who they play in the, in the second round, but yeah, I've got Mississippi state in the quarterfinals with Tennessee and you guys know how, how I feel about Tennessee. If you listen to our last episode, so I've got Tennessee win, winning there. And then the three seed Kentucky against the six seed Alabama. I was thinking about picking Alabama here because again, Alabama was kind of one of my, they've, they've had very good. I think they beat, I think they beat like Duke and Gonzaga in, in Baylor the first, and Gonzaga. Baylor and Gonzaga in, in the first like five games or something. And that that's crazy to think about. But again, that's like, I think that's too far from now that we've seen that. So again, you know, a lot of these teams have grown better throughout the season. And I think that Alabama, has kind of stayed the same, if not declined a little bit. So that's kind of steering me away from picking them, especially against a, a team like Kentucky, who's just really, really good. So yeah, I'm going Kentucky in this game. I've got the again, I, I've got the top four seeds in the in the semifinals for this bracket, and I've got Auburn and Arkansas playing each other, and I've got Arkansas coming out on top here. Matt convinced me in our last episode about how good Arkansas won, about how good Arkansas was. He kind of like. I don't know. He, he kind of rekindled this, this fire in me last year, last, uh, last year in the NCAA tournament. So like the, the actual March madness bracket, I did have Arkansas. I think I did have Arkansas going to the elite eight, which that's where they went. Like I actually called that. So, um, so I was high on Arkansas last year and this year, Matt convinced me again, they, again, I, I 
totally forgot about JD, JD Note, who they still have. And then Jalen Williams as well. He's, he's a, you know, really big part of their team. So I think that Auburn, Auburn, again, they're kind of like, I think they're, they're a team that just likes the coast and they don't, they don't really have, they have like the firepower to do it, but they don't, I don't really know if they have, you know, the, the heart to do it. So I think that Arkansas is going to come out on top there. And then t- I have Tennessee beating Kentucky because I, that that's a hard, that was a hard game too. I don't know. I was, I was thinking about picking Kentucky, but then again, I, I picked Tennessee as my, as my conference champion in the last episode. So I'm staying with my, you know, staying with my heart and I'm going Tennessee and I've got Tennessee and Arkansas playing in the championship and I've got Tennessee winning that. So there it is. Tennessee is my champion staying consistent from last episode. That's my SEC bracket. Yeah. And it's probably, mine is going to look a little bit similar. Uh, me and Hayden, I think disagreed a lot on the ACC and the big 12 were 10 and, or sorry, ACC and big 10. We disagreed on. We're agreeing a little bit more here when it comes to the big 12 and the SEC. Um, I have Auburn moving on to semifinals. I, whoever they play Florida or Texas A&M. Um, I do think I agree with Hayden. I think Florida is going to win that game. I have Auburn beating Florida there. Um, LSU, I have playing Missouri, but again, it doesn't really matter. I think LSU is going to win that game anyway. And then LSU versus Arkansas is a four or five matchup. Arkansas is going to win that. I mean, as again, as again, as I said, um, and Hayden even prefaced it. I love Arkansas right now. So I have them beating the five seed LSU. Tennessee um, is going to play South Carolina, the seven seed and Tennessee. I have winning that game. Um, kind of what Hayden said too. you know, Tennessee's just, they're, they're on a, they're on a pretty good role here. And then obviously similar to what Hayden said to Alabama versus Kentucky in the three, six matchup. I want to pick Alabama. As Hayden said, they have really good wins. I just think that they haven't like, if they had stayed as hot as they were to start the year, they, they would definitely be a heavy, you know, upset contender here. But I think that, you know, I don't know. I think they, they kind of just fell off a little bit and, and they're very inconsistent as of late. So I have Kentucky beating Alabama in the three, six matchup, which by the way, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Kentucky is projected to like get a, I, I was looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology earlier today and Kentucky is projected to be like the top two seed and they're a three seed in their own tournament. Like the SEC tournament, Kentucky's a three seed. And I get that like Auburn and I and Tennessee and everything like they've had good seasons. And I understand that the, the conference tournament is based on your win percentage and the, you know, conference wins that you have and stuff. But so I don't know. I just felt like that was weird. It's like Kentucky is one of the title favorites, like for the entire March madness, but they aren't even their number three seed in their own conference. Anyway, um, the one versus four matchup, Auburn versus Arkansas. I have Arkansas winning that game. Hayden said it. I, I love Arkansas. I think that Auburn, like, you know, they, they, I think they more than most teams really were on a roll early and had, you know, started the conference hot and they were like 20 and one before they lost the game, but then they've lost like three out of the last five or something. So I think they're just kind of, they were hot at the right time and now they're kind of slowing down uh, at the wrong time. And so, um, so I have Arkansas beating, uh, Auburn in the four one upset there to make it to the championship game on the bottom side of the bracket. I have two versus three Tennessee versus Kentucky. I have Kentucky winning that game. I know I, I, I like what Hayden said and I, I like Tennessee as a team. I think that if they get placed in a, in a favorable position uh, in the Martin, like, you know, the NCAA tournament, 
they could make a run. I just think that Kentucky is a, 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 just a better team. I think that their backcourt, their guard play is so much better than Tennessee. And I think that's going to, that's going to show through when it comes to the conference tournament here. I have the three versus four seed for the championship game, Arkansas, the four seed uh, beating Kentucky, the three seed and Arkansas is the SEC championship. I called this um, on the podcast last time. Hopefully it comes true. Um, but I do think that this is going to be like one of the best games of the entire conference tournament season. Right. I mean, I just think, that I mean, obviously, we saw this a couple weeks ago. Arkansas beat Kentucky at home, but like these are all neutrals like games, and they're playing again. You know, they're playing for the third time this season in the championship game. Like, I think that would be such a good game. And I'm going to pick Arkansas to come out on top. Wouldn't be surprised at all if Kentucky came out on top and won the SEC. And then in that place, if that you know if that ends up happening, then hopefully, you know, whoever decides to seed these brackets, these conference tournament brackets, realizes that Kentucky should have never been a three seed in their own conference. They should have like indefinitely or definitely been the one seed in the SEC. But either way, I think that's how it's going to turn out. I think Arkansas is going to win the SEC championship and really head into March Madness with a head full of steam, ready to make a run to possibly the final four. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Prognostication for you. All right. Well, yeah, there you go. All right. Moving on to Pac-12. We've got Pac-12 and Big East left. I know we're kind of making this last big push for you guys here. But, you know, stay stay grounded, stay with us, and, and we'll, we'll get through it. So, Pac-12 here, where I've, I've got the one seed against the eight seed, Arizona versus Arizona State. Arizona State could – they honestly, like – I feel like if anybody can really – well, sort of if anybody can really do it in this, in this bracket. Again, I've got the one seed, Arizona, and, and the four seed, Colorado, playing in the semifinals. And if anybody could do it, I guess you could say Colorado could do it again because they already beat Arizona – in the regular in the um, regular season, but yeah, I I think that Arizona State could also do it to, to Arizona, and I think Arizona is also one of those teams that just knows they're going to get a one seed like base almost no matter what in the in the NCAA tournament. So I don't think they're really worried about much in the in the conference tournament. But yeah, I think I think they they might get caught lacking by somebody here, but I I've, I'm going to play it safe and have them moving on to the to the semifinals. And like I said, I've got Colorado beating Oregon as well. Moving on to the semifinals, UCLA versus Washington state. I've got UCLA winning that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not confident in UCLA and you'll see why in a couple seconds, but yeah, I've got, I've got USC and Washington playing in the, in the last game of the quarterfinals. And I've got USC winning that now moving on to the Arizona Colorado game. Again, Colorado, like, yeah, they beat them in the regular season, but it's going to be really tough for a team like Colorado to beat a team like Arizona twice in one season, especially when Arizona. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Arizona is going to go out there and be like, OK, we can't get embarrassed by Colorado again. We got we got to go out and win this game and we're going to win this game. So there I've got them moving on to the championship and then I've got USC beating UCLA moving on to the championship there. I just think that UCLA is kind of fraudulent they i don't know if they should really be a, a, the two seed in the pac-12 i mean i guess they should based on record like matt said kind of with the whole kentucky thing and the sec um you know but just based on record i guess you could say that they do deserve the two seed but they in terms of like their potential i don't really think that they have that much so i've got us usc being them in the in the in the semifinal and then in the championship game, I've got the one seed Arizona against the three seed USC and I've got the, and I've got USC winning. I think this is a pretty big, like, I think this is a very unpopular opinion in the PAC 12 and that's UC USC winning it. Um, and I think that 
I don't know. I don't. I think that even I'm just like a little bit not really confident in this pick, but I, I'm just going for it because I was like, hey, I picked USC as my conference champion last episode. I think they've been kind of quiet all season. They, I think this is the time where they're going to try to, you know, try to make a statement. So I think that, again, Arizona, like they're, they're so good. And I have a lot more to say on them, you know, when it comes tournament time, I guess, like once the brackets come out and everything like that. I, I will probably be very high on them in the NCAA tournament. But again, I, I kind of have this common theme of teams that I'm high on in the actual tournament. I'm not as high on in their, in their conference tournaments, just because again, Arizona's kind of in that spot where like they don't, if they get to their, their conference championship, they're going to be one seed. Like that's, that's set in stone. That's definite. So again, they might not be coming out with as much firepower and as much, you know, I really want this game as UC as US. Dude, I keep on saying UCLA as USC will be in the championship. So that's why I'm going USC. Yeah, and I think that's a that's an interesting way to do it. I think that's probably the fun way to do it. A better way to do it is to kind of like what Hayden said, do the kind of you know pick teams in the conference tournaments that you don't think are going to make a run in March Madness. I'm kind of doing the opposite. I'm just riding with the same teams for the conference tournament and for the March Madness tournament, because I just think that that's, I don't know. I think that's the best way to do it. I'm just kind of going to ride with the teams. That I think are going to do well. Um, and speaking of teams that I think are going to do well, this, this, the sec or sorry, the PAC 12 for me is literally, I have every single higher seed winning every single game. Like, I know that's really typical and it's like, well, dude, just pick at least pick one upset. I just don't see an upset happening the entire, the entire time. I think only the top five seeds are the only teams that even have a chance of even winning this conference to begin with. Um, And even then it's just like, I just see, like, I don't know. I just, everything that's happening is just, it just, I like, I don't have any other teams making any other upsets and I've had a bunch of upset picks as you've noticed so far, but yeah, so I have, uh, I have Arizona beating Arizona state to move on to the semifinals uh, for the PAC 12. And then I have Colorado beating Oregon um, to move on to the semifinals there. Uh, the four or five matchup. I have UCLA, the two seed beating Cal. I have Cal actually I have Cal beating Washington state. That's my only upset pick as the 10 over the seven seed uh, for two teams that are definitely not going to even come close to winning the championship here um and then so i have yeah but i have ucla beating beating cal in that game and then i have usc beating washington in the three six matchup on the bottom there so then moving on to the semifinals i have arizona beating colorado i mean i have arizona winning the conference championship i think that they're just a wagon right now nobody's gonna nobody's gonna come close to beating arizona anytime soon uh so they're gonna move on to the championship game for me same thing down bottom ucla versus usc the two versus three seed i'm gonna go with ucla i I understand what Hayden said about kind of, you know, the argument against UCLA where like after having a final four run and just looking so good last year as being an 11 seed making the final four, they should have probably had a way better season than they did this year. But I don't know. I think that like to some extent, it, like some teams just gel together and, and play better when all the pressure and, and all the, you know, all the money is on the line. And I think UCLA is one of those teams. So, um, so I, I want to see them do well in the PAC 12 tournament. I also want to see them doing well in March madness. Cause I think they will. I just think like, they didn't even really lose anybody, you know? So it's like, maybe it's even more of me just being like, just having such high expectations for them um, to just be like, you, there's no reason that you shouldn't be, um, that you shouldn't be doing anything. So I don't know. Um, I think that that's, that's totally fine there. And then, uh, and then I have, obviously, like I said, I have Arizona beating UCLA in the championship game. So, um, 
Yeah, so that, that's my SEC bracket, or my, sorry, I keep saying SEC too. <laughs> my Pac-12 bracket, um, it's not exciting at all. It's just all the top seeds winning, but I think that's just how it's going to go, and, and we'll see later on. But like I said, I think out of all the conferences, I am most confident about Arizona winning this conference and just kind of the way that I have the bracket working out. If I'm proven wrong, great. We'll have some upsets. That's awesome. But as of right now, I think I, I think nobody really has a chance other than Arizona winning this conference. Yeah, that, that's totally understandable. I, I totally get that whole thing about the top five seeds being really the only seeds that have any kind of chance in this in this conference. Because, again, the Pac-12 is kind of like, I guess, the gap between like the top teams and the bottom teams in the Pac-12 is very, very large. And like speaking of when, when you said that when you first said that about, you know, the, the top five seeds really being the only ones that have a chance, I thought of the six seed Washington and I was like, dude. That's actually so true. I I don't think I've seen Washington on a basketball court in like three years, like since Markel Fultz played for them, basically it's, it's like the last time I actually saw them play. And again, that's, that may just be me not being a, an avid college basketball fan or a good college basketball fan. But again, I don't, I don't think I've like, I haven't seen Washington even in like highlights or anything recently. So that's, yeah, that's that. But um, moving on to our last conference of the day, We've got the Big East. So this is kind of, you know, the, the outlier conference in terms of power fives, I guess, if, if, if you want to go there. But again, the Big East is, is you know, kind of up there in, in college, not kind of, they are up there in college, in college basketball. And they are unique to college basketball too. They, there is no Big East anymore in, in college football. So that's kind of, that's, that's a cool thing to have in college basketball. So is that kind of like, you know, that, that good old conference that you, that have, hasn't really faded um, you know, ever since they got, they started, I guess, here in college basketball. So we've got the one seed Providence against the, I think it was, yeah, the eight seed Xavier. So I had, I had the nine seed Butler beating Xavier first, but then I, I was thinking about it and I, and I looked kind of at their, at their um, records. And I think that Xavier beat Butler both times this season. So obviously they played once at Butler and they beat him at Butler, which is pretty impressive too. Both of these teams, Xavier and Butler, they're like the two teams that I think of in the NCAA tournament that both always have a chance to make a run. Again, this, you know, this year they're probably not going to get there unless they unless they win the <laughs> the Big East. But yeah, they they like almost always have a, a chance to, you know, make a big run in any kind of tournament. So they're kind of scary there, but I think Providence will be able to pull it out. And then the four versus five seed, I've got Creighton beating Marquette. I was going to go with Marquette in this one, but Creighton, I think, also beat Marquette twice this season. They Creighton, I think they they went to Marquette and they beat Marquette by like at least 10, I'm pretty sure. So Creighton's pretty good. I think I think Creighton also they didn't maybe they no, they didn't beat they didn't beat Providence, but I think they like they gave Providence a run for their money, which again, that's not really <laughs> that's not really unique to them because a lot of teams have given Providence a run for their money in like every single game this season, but yeah, then we've got Villanova, the two seed against. I'm picking DePaul to beat. Again, I forget who they're playing, the seven seed, but yeah, I'm picking DePaul as a ten seed to go to the quarterfinals, and I've got Villanova beating them because it's Villanova, and I have Villanova going pretty far. Um, and then yeah, and and then I've got Seton Hall, the six seed against uh, the three seed UConn. UConn, they like there was some buzz about them in the beginning at the beginning of the year, and now I think they've kind of just. They've kind of just fizzled out, I think, a little bit. Maybe it's just me not really doing my my research, but uh, but yeah, I, th I think that Seton Hall is going to be able to pull out this one. So I've got the six seed Seton Hall moving on to the semifinals. 
And then the sem- to start off the semifinals, Providence and Creighton. I've got Providence winning the one seed. You know, they, it's, it's, it's Providence, probably the, the, the faultiest one seed out of all these conferences, but they still are the one seed and they've, you know, they've, they've done a lot to get there and they can win in close games as they've shown all season. So, yeah, I think Creighton will give them a run for their money again in, in this semifinal game, but I think that Providence is going to be able to pull it out again. And then Villanova, the two seed against the six seed, Seton Hall. Again, Seton Hall, like they could do it. And they're another one of those teams that can that can make a run pretty much at any time. But I've got Villanova winning that game. So I've got, you know, a, a boring championship. It's just the one seed against the two seed Providence Providence against Villanova. And I've got Villanova winning. So, again, last episode, I, I showed you guys that I had Villanova winning the conference championship. And I'm staying consistent with that here. I've got Villanova beating Providence. I think that Providence, like they're going to be really confident against every other team that they play you know, this, this whole tournament. And then once they get to Villanova, I think they're going to, you know, start shivering their timbers. And, uh, and I think Villanova is going to be able to pull it out. All right. So I have um, kind of probably a similar ish bracket to, to Hayden. We have a little bit of different picks here. Actually, no, it's actually not, it's not, it's not that similar at all. Now that I think about it, um, I have Butler uh, over Xavier, the nine for the eight versus nine matchup. And then I have Providence beating Butler to move on to the semifinals. I have Marquette beating Creighton. As Hayden mentioned, Creighton beat Marquette twice during the regular season, but I don't know. I think Marquette's just been really good and kind of just under the radar, like not really been talked about a lot, but I think that they they have a solid team. So I have Marquette getting the, the small upset there in the 4-5 matchup to move on to the semifinals as well. I like Hayden's pick of um, of Seton Hall, and I think that they're definitely going to beat Georgetown. I think that Villanova's going to roll over Seton Hall, though. <laughs> um, or, no, wait. Hold on. What am I? I'm getting all messed up now. Okay, never mind. So it's St. John's versus DePaul. They're playing Villanova. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that it took me this long to mess something up. So I'm glad that it, it came, you know, almost an hour in here. So, so yeah, so I have Villanova beating St. John's. Hayden had DePaul beating St. John's. I have Villanova beating St. John's to move on to semifinals here. I like Hayden's pick of Seton Hall over UConn. I think Seton Hall is going to beat UConn as well. Um, moving on to the semifinals here. This is to determine the championship. I have Providence beating Marquette. I want to have an upset here, but I said that Providence would win the – would win the conference tournament on our last preview uh, pod. And I think that, I think that, I think the Providence has to do it. And I think that, again, like I said, they've, they've just somehow won all these games. And I think that just, that don't, that won't, that won't stop just because like they're in a conference tournament. So I have Providence beating Marquette, the one over the five to move on into the final uh, matchup there. And then I have Villanova, same as Hayden, Villanova beating, uh, you know, the two seed beating Seton Hall, the six seed in the last semifinal matchup to set up a one versus two seed Providence versus Villanova. And as Hayden picked Villanova, I'll just, I, I'll pick Providence. I think that they, I think they have to do it. I think they will do it. They played Villanova tough twice, both times they played them this year, they fell short. And so, I mean, if it ends up with Villanova and Providence, we make the saying all the time, you know, it's hard to beat a team twice. Villanova's already beaten Providence twice. It's even harder to beat a team three times. So so I think the Providence is going to have to get one of these games. And I think it's going to be in the big East championship game. All right. There you go. That's again, we kind of not kind of, I definitely said that same exact thing last episode with the whole, and it was, I think it was, it was talking about Providence and Villanova and that, yeah, you, you could, you could say, okay, well, Providence, you know, they've lost against Villanova twice. And so Villanova might just have their number. But then I also said, there is the other side of it that Matt just mentioned that it's really hard to beat a team twice, much less three times. So there you go. Um, that's that's our conference tournament brackets there for you. 
I hope you wrote down all of our champions. No, I'm just kidding. Don't don't do that. But uh, but yeah, just you know, kind of to give you guys, we we, we just want to do that to you know give you guys some insight onto what we're thinking going into conference tournaments. Again, these these are so much different than actual NCAA tournaments, and so or not even tournaments, but just NCAA tournament in, in general. But yeah, like I th- I think our NCAA tournament is going to be like that episode is going to be a lot different than this one. Um, again, because we have so much to go through here rather than just, you know, highlighting our upset picks or, or who we think is going to go far in, in, in March Madness. And I think that that'll be not I think that'll definitely be more of a detailed episode. So we'll have more of like in-depth analysis of teams in that episode rather than just speeding through a lot of picks in, in this episode. But we wanted to do this for you guys just to kind of show you guys if if we were thinking about, you know, a a Wake Forest making a run or some, you know, Virginia Tech like I had in in the ACC. We we, we just wanted to show you guys, you know, like where we think some of these teams will land and um, kind of give you guys a preview into into what we what we're thinking going into March Madness. Now, again, we don't know anything really until Selection Sunday. Nobody knows anything until Selection Sunday. You can talk all you want about whatever team, but until – until you get past selection Sunday and until you know who's playing who you never know who's going to go far in the tournament. And even after that, you never know who's going to go far. So that's, that's the beauty of it all. And we're just really excited to, to, to be here and and give you guys this content. Now that that's done, we're going to move into an NFL topic here and then we might get to PGA. It depends on, on how far this NFL topic goes. Now we were going to talk now. Okay. So like today, Earlier today, we had the Aaron Rodgers and the Russell Wilson news, and everybody's talking about that. I could turn on ESPN right now, and, well, there's probably some conference tournament action going on right now. But earlier today, from, like, 2 o'clock until probably 6 o'clock, you could turn on ESPN or ESPN2, and all you would see is Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson in the headlines. Like, that's all you saw for four straight hours. We're not going to talk about that because that's going to be in the news for the next three, four days even. So, yeah, th- those are the top headlines, and you guys are going to be able to get all your information from everybody else. We don't want to be the ones to give you our thoughts on that. We actually even, like, both of us thought that that Aaron Rodgers were gonna, was going to stay in in Green Bay, like, way, way back when, when, you know, all this started. And so we kind of even called that in the first place. So we're not even, yeah, we're not going to get into that. Russell wasn't going to the Broncos is, you know, we might, we might talk about that like once free agency starts and how that kind of shakes things up in free agency. But again, we're going to, we're going to stay away from it this episode. The one thing that I did want to talk about here, and then I'm going to kind of let Matt talk about first is, is the whole Calvin Ridley situation. So yesterday we, we got news that the NFL suspended Calvin Ridley for the entire upcoming season due to evidence of him betting on NFL games this past season. And if you guys don't know kind of what happened this past season, or if you you kind of forget, it's the fact that Calvin Ridley, he, he basically, I think it was after four games, after the first four games, he stepped away from the NFL for mental health reasons, something along those lines. We don't really exactly know what he left for, um, but it was some kind of mental health thing. He, He stepped away and it was kind of, it was a little bit mysterious and it was a little bit scary almost kind of, you know, seeing a guy like Calvin Ridley with that kind of talent, just stepping away from the game mid season. I don't think we've really seen that much in the past. And so it was a little bit scary seeing that, but then we get this news yesterday and it's like, we haven't heard about this guy really until, I mean, since he, since he made that announcement that he's stepping away from football 
after week four. And then we get this news that he's getting suspended for the whole entire upcoming season for betting on NFL games. Matt, I, I just want to get your thoughts on this. And you, of course I'll give mine after you go here, but I, I just want to kind of get your thoughts and see like, you know, where are you at with the suspension? Where are you at with, with Calvin Ridley? Do you think it's, you know, do you think it's a reasonable suspension? Do you think like Calvin Ridley's just, you know, just a screw brain or whatever? I don't know, but like, you know, what, what do you think? My boy betting on games. I love it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, to a certain extent I am. I love that he's having fun, but it, so here's the deal. You're going to see a lot of people being like, what's the big deal? You know, sports gambling's legal. Uh, you know, he's just trying, he took away from the game. He wasn't even playing in them. So he's betting on them. that's not, pro- it's a big deal. All right. Because NFL players, the goal of any sport is to maintain the integrity of the game. All right. Which is all inclusive of everything that we've been talking about when it comes to, you know, player safety, the, the rules, the regulations, all the stuff that goes into making a game fair, honest, and, and, and the best product that, could, that it can possibly be. So it's a problem that he's betting on games. And he's a problem that he's especially betting on the Falcons. Obviously, based on the stuff that he was saying, and, and obviously the tweets that came out afterwards and just everything that's been going on, just the way that this whole story came out, I don't think that he was betting on the Falcons or at least even betting on any NFL team um, in a manner in which like would let you know that there's something that he knows behind the scenes, right? Because the reason that we want to keep the, sorry, I completely skipped over this. The reason that we want to keep the integrity of the game and that it's, it's illegal for, you know, players who are playing in, or, you know, basically work for the, the league, right? So our players of the league and, and are being paid by the teams and everything like that. The reason that we don't want that to happen is because let's say, you know, he knows that, you know, three of the defensive backs for the Falcons are hurt. Uh, you know, and, and they're either not going to play or, you know, they're going to play hurt and they're not going to be that good. Or he just knows the vibe of the team going into a trip. You know, maybe they got to travel all the way to like, you know, Seattle or something. They don't want to do that, you know, and, and he knows the vibe of the team. That's that's basically insider trading. You hear that a lot in investing. Right. So we're in like, a, you know, a company is 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 you know, going to sell half their shares or whatever. Like, you know, you can, you can insider trade and you can, you know, learn about that. You can buy money. You, you can make a lot of money off it. Right. So that's basically outlawed everywhere. It's similar in the betting space. It sounds weird, but it's true. Like if you can gain an advantage and you know certain things about a certain team member or even other teams that can compromise, you know, the game and, and you can make money off of, you can profit off of it, not having kind of, you know, the, the integrity of the sport in mind, that's a big problem. And that's something that the NFL needs to get rid of because if this, if they let this happen, you know, it could be, it could become really bad. And so obviously like, I think that, I don't know, overall, like this with the suspension and everything, I think that the NFL had to make a, make an example out of Calvin, Calvin Ridley to prevent something like this from happening again. So where I don't think that he should have been suspended for the entire season, because again, I don't think that he was messing with the integrity of the game. And if you, and if you know anything about betting, you know that three game parlay and five game parlay and eight game parlays are not how you win money betting sports. All right. So it's not like this guy is out here, you know, talking to the guys who are at the casinos at four in the morning in Vegas every week and know that, you know, know the lines and know the teams and know the weather and all this stuff that goes into it. Clearly that's not what was happening here, but 
he still compromised the integrity of the game and he lied about the sport in which he was playing. And so that's kind of the, the whole deal here. And so I understand the people's arguments who are saying, whatever, it's legal. You can let him do it. You know, that's fine. I get that, but it's a slippery slope, right? Because if he's allowed to do this, other players are allowed to do this. And it just becomes a, a whole situation where we don't want the, you know, we don't want players to be betting, you know, for against their own teams or other teams or whatever, because again, that compromises the integrity of the game. We're going to think all the games are fixed. All the games are rigged. None of the games are going to have meaning that like at the end of the day, obviously like this is, this is very large picture and you know, will hopefully never happen, probably never happen. But like, that's the end point of where this whole thing can get to is literally the Super Bowl not having any meaning because everybody thinks it's fixed based on who's betting on what teams. Okay, so that's the situation that's going on here. And I think that I hopefully I did a good enough job of kind of explaining the, 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 the kind of the behind the scenes to the betting side of it, where like it could seriously ruin, you know, the, the, the future, the potential of the sport. Um, and so the NFL had to do something about it. They had to say, all right, we can either let this slide, not do anything about it and completely, you know, you know, may, which may render the rest of the NFL games meaningless we could give him a like a half bad punishment and, and you know, maybe send him half the season or, or, you know, the first four or six games, which leaves it open still for other players to do this in the future. If they're, you know, if you're going to make a, a crap ton of money on, you know, on, on betting some, some games, you're like, all right, fine. I'll throw my paycheck out the window for the first four weeks of the season. That's fine. Or the NFL, what their last option was, which is the option that they chose. And I think the best option is nipping it in the bud and saying, look, you're going to suspend it for an entire season. You're not going to get paid for an entire season because you've ruined the integrity of the game. So I don't know. I, I probably sound like a hater and, you know, and a not on the player side and, you know, how can you be, but that's my stance on it. I hope it makes sense. And I think that to preserve the integrity of the NFL, this is what the league had to do. And, you know, again, Calvin Ridley at the end of the day, dude, I love that you're getting after it. I love that you're placing some action. Call me next time. I'll place the bet for you. All right. That's what he should have done. You know, he has to, he knows so many people, whether it be, you know, former athletes, coaches, play, like anybody that knows anybody. And like, you know, they get all of these rich guys. He, he has so many connections. He can tell people to place bets from. That was the weirdest part of the whole story is that he basically like, created an account with his own name on one of these apps. And like, in order to like, you know, create an account on these apps, like they have to make sure that you're a real person because they don't want robots all over this stuff or whatever. That makes sense. You have to take pictures of your ID and like submit them. And it. so it's like, he went through all of this knowing full well that this is literally illegal and against the league's policies and still did it when it's like, dude, just like, Talk to a guy who's one of your friends who's big into betting. Give him like Calvin, Calvin really is insanely rich. Give him like $40,000 and be like, here, bet for me, bro. Like, I'll tell you what games I need. You know what I'm saying? So then it's like not even, you know, attached to his name. It's still dangerous. It's still against the league policy. But then it's like you won't just be figured out so easily by one of these, you know, big sports betting apps being like, oh, there's a guy on here named Calvin Ridley. And he had to submit his ID. So this is probably actually him. Oh, yeah, it actually is him. Okay, well, he's definitely gonna be suspended for the whole season. You know, it's like, there just was a way smarter way to go about this for all of for all of the whole situation that Calvin really was in. And at the end of the day, like, I don't even really side on the fact of him kind of, you know, that, that he got punished too hard. I think it was valid. I think it was just. And I think the league had to do it to preserve the integrity of the game. Hayden, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think I'm even more on the side of like, this was just stupid. Like you, you were were kind of saying, you were like, I don't want to be that guy who isn't on the player's side and is kind of criticizing players for what they do when, yeah, it is, you know, legalized betting is like the big, you know, the, the new big craze and everything like that. But it's like, yeah, it's legal, but it's not legal for the NFL. Like it's, you can't, that's a known thing again like matt said i I was actually going to bring up the analogy of of the stock market and matt matt did just that he he, you know he he said that if you're a part of a company you you know if you work for amazon you can't invest in amazon stock that's just how it is like you can't do that because you may have some kind of insider information and then if you pour you know millions of dollars into amazon stock at one point that's probably telling something that and that's probably telling that it's going to go up in the future, like really soon. So it's just like, you can't do that in the stock market. It's the same for the NFL. You can't sports bet. And it makes sense. Again, I didn't really, I didn't really think about this and I don't think it's really happened before this. Like there's, there's never been that this big of a scandal. I don't think before, before now, because betting hasn't really been legal in, in, in most places before now, but now that it is, I guess we may have this problem, you know, going forward more, but I, I think that Matt's right. And I didn't even really think about this because I was going to come on here and say, you know, the, the suspension was too big. And I think that even though Calvin Ridley being, you know, stupid enough to do this, like it, it, he shouldn't have been suspended for this long. But I guess I guess Matt is kind of right in the, in the sense that, like, you need to make an example out of him and you need to set the set the bar straight for the guys that were thinking about doing this in the future to tell them, no, do not do this because, yeah, you'll be kicked out of the league for a whole year. And yeah, it's, it's just. I think it was a little bit weird that like, and I, I'm pretty sure it was like right after he took his break and then he started betting. I, th- I think it was like, it was like pretty shortly after he, he, you know, went on his mental health break or whatever during the season that he started betting, which is kind of like, again, that's kind of fishy. It's like, dude, if you, if you are having issues to the point where you need to stop playing football, stop playing the game that you love and stop, you know, making money, then why are you betting on sports? Like why? <laughs> I think you have a bigger pill to swallow than like betting on the Falcons to, to win or lose a game in week seven. Like that's not, I feel like that you should have other things that you're worrying about if you are to the point where you have to step away from your own profession. But yeah, so I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that it's, you know, it's, it's too much of a sp- suspension now that, that Matt, that, you know, Matt made that point about, giving these guys a, a standard to, to go by for the future. And I think that, again, it, it kind of is sad that Calvin Ridley have to, has to endure this and has to be the one that sets an example, you know, I guess a, a bad example for, for the rest of the league, but, but it has to happen, I guess. And so that's kind of where I am, am where, where I'm at with this whole thing. I've been uh, tripping over my words, you know, a lot this episode, but we, we were talking fast in the first segment. So, you know, give, give me a break here, but yeah, I think that, Calvin really it, it's one of those things like and I and I kind of wrote this down on the topic for today and it's I, I wrote it down I wrote down the question of you know like does this even really matter that much in the in the grand scheme of things and I wrote that down because I was thinking about it and I was like okay well the Falcons they played without him for most of the season they ended up not really doing anything they're in the NFC South which is like now quite possibly the worst division in football so why does this even really matter? You know, like even, even if he were to come back, I guess they would have a chance at winning the division now that, you know, Brady's gone from, from Tampa Bay and the saints are 
you know, having having a tough situation with Sean Payton leaving and uh, and Jameis Winston, you know, being being a free agent this season. So it's just like that's a little bit, you know, that that's that whole division is a little bit fishy. So it's just like, does this even really matter? I think it just is a testament to the NFC South being even worse this season, which, again, that's you know, that that kind of sucks for them. But it's like I don't even really know if it would have affected things that much. I think Calvin Ridley, I, I can't remember, but I think. I don't know if he was going to be a free agent this season or what, but it, it was something like that. But it's just like, yeah, for, for I don't know, for all the people that are saying like, yeah, I mean, he wasn't playing this season. So he he has the right to bed and he has the right to do something that's legal. It's like, yeah, he, he can do it like as a legal citizen, but he was still under contract. Like you're, you're he's still a part of the NFL. And so you can't do that kind of thing. Um, and so I think, yeah, I, I think his, his suspension is warranted again, a whole season. I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was warranted, you know, enough, but I think that like, if you're going to suspend a guy for, I don't know, let's say like three quarters, three quarters of a season. So let's just say 12 games is, is about three quarters. If you're going to suspend a guy for 12 games, you might as well suspend him for, for, for the whole season. It's just like, at that point, I think that Matt's right. Like half a season isn't really, I, I think half a season is kind of a little bit too little because again, guys would be willing to take that, take that risk and, and give up half of their season for winning a bunch of money betting. But, um, but yeah, I think like once you're past half a season, you might as well just suspend him for the whole season. And I don't know, give him a whole year to think about what he did and, and I don't know, take some time and time out. But yeah. So I, I think, I think this whole thing is kind of like blown out of proportion both ways. I think that people are saying, Oh, he shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't have been suspended for, for, for this long. And it's like, you know, 17 games is way too long and and he was doing something legal. That's, that's not true. But I think the other side of it is like, you can't, you can't blame him too much, I guess, because he, maybe he had something going on like wrong in his life where he just forgot all sense and was just like, I'll just go bet and do something totally against the rules. And I'm on my mental health break. So it doesn't really matter what I do. I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at, but yeah, I, I think it's just kind of a weird situation overall, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's what I wanted. I kind of, the part that I neglected to mention was the whole mental health break side of this. First of all, he wasn't even playing that well to begin with last year for the first, like whatever, five or six games that he did play. He wasn't even really putting up stats. He wasn't doing numbers. Like, and the thing is obviously right. They still had Matt Ryan, but like the Falcons were pretty okay last year. Like it wasn't like Matt Ryan was significantly hindering the team. And every time he stepped out there, they were like doomed to lose. Like he performed okay. And it wasn't that much different from the previous year when Calvin really went off. Right. So it was like something was happening, I think behind the scenes to begin with. And so that kind of, he started the season. He didn't play well. He was like, look, I'm just going to step away from the game. And obviously like, I don't know. It's tough because, you know, with the whole mental health thing, you can't talk about what you think was going on in someone else's head. You never know what someone else is going through. And so to that, I say, you know, I didn't like it kind of when it happened because it was almost like he was kind of quitting on the team. But in the grand scheme of things, like Hayden mentioned, the team didn't have much going on to begin with. So it's it's kind of a wash there. But yeah, that's the thing. And Hayden hit the nail on the head. It's like if you're going to be taking a mental health break to figure things out in your life, the, le- the last thing you should be doing is betting on sports because like that can ruin your life. I mean, obviously, right. Yeah. Like you said, he's rich. He doesn't have a problem. Like he, he's not, a, he's not a degenerate gambler and he's not going to lose all his, all his money on gambling. Like I get that. And, and, and what, from what he said, and I think even the reports that came out was that he truly only, he spent 
$1,500 total on, on all of the sports bets that he placed, which like he makes $1,500 like in a day. So it's like, for him, that's literally pocket change. It's like you going to buy like a, like a, that's even like less than you going to buy a pizza tonight, like for him. So it's like, it doesn't even, that, that sounds like a lot, but it's not at all. And he only did it over the course of like maybe one or two weeks. So it's like, that's just the weirdest thing to me is like, not only did he take the, take time away to get his mental health straightened out, he, he bet on sports during it. He bet on the Falcons during it. And then he like stopped and that was it. And so it's like, okay, dude, if you want to win some money or even like get into this seriously, at least win a bunch of money, you know, because you know that it's against the rules anyway, you know that there's going to be significant punishment anyway, and you're going through this mental health battle. So it's like, you got to pick sides here, bro. Like you either got to figure out, figure out your mental health. Don't do anything with regarding, you know, betting or anything on your team or go all in on it, bet on your team every single week, talk to the guys, win a bunch of money and then get suspended for the whole season. So it was just kind of a lose, lose situation for Calvin Ridley overall. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I thought it was so funny when he came out with with the tweet, like right after the news came out, right after all the reports came out that he was suspended and that like he was betting. He came out with that tweet and he was like, he, he literally said he was like, I only bet fifteen hundred dollars. I don't have a gambling problem, period. And it's like it's like, thanks, dude. <laughs> thanks for letting us know. That you yeah, only bet and, and to someone who knows about betting, like again, like I know like that's not like from what he said, like, yeah. I can tell this guy's not into betting at all. He just did it for fun. He yeah. was probably out with his boys or something. And it was like, oh, this is going to be something stupid to do. Like, I'll just do it. But like to the naked eye and to someone who's not into betting, like you read that and you're like, okay, you don't have a betting problem. Clearly do you do. You spent a yeah. hundred, you spent $1,500 on it. But like, I, my explanation there hopefully makes sense. Like this guy, this is literally pocket change, this guy. And he only did it over the course of a couple of weeks. Like if he wanted to make money on sports betting and like actually get into this, or if he wanted to lose his money on sports, get betting and actually get into this, he could have very well done either of those things easily over the course of like the rest of the season. So that's, that's my stance on that. But speaking of sports betting, this is the, t- the second out of three weeks in which I will mention my longstanding trend for my betting locks of the week, the gems, the gem that I have discovered, which will win you a lot of money come March Madness season. No, it is not betting sides on, on different spreads of who the teams are going to be. No, it is not betting underdogs or favorites or whatever you want to call it. No, it is not even betting the totals on the games and whether or not the game's going to go over under like 140 or 150 points. No, it is betting the first half under on all 32 first round games of the NCAA tournament. That is the Thursday and Friday games. Might even throw in the uh, play-in games on the Wednesday and Thursday beforehand, all right? I'm getting a little spicy here. 36 total games. We're betting the first half under, all right? It is a trend that has been going on forever. The books cannot make the prices low enough. It may start to get caught on the next couple of years, but who cares? We're going to take advantage of it now because nobody's betting the first half totals, okay? Everybody's, everybody's going to be betting the, the you know, Kansas to be Bellarmine by 45 points, all right? That's not what we're doing here. We're betting the first half unders because, sure, Kansas may beat Bellarmine by 45 points, but I can tell you for a fact, Bellarmine's only going to be scoring like 10 points in the first half. You take that first half under, Kansas scores 46 points, you're still cashing the ticket, all right? So here's how it's going to work out. You're going to bet all 32 of the first half unders and – the best part is you only need to go 17 and 15. I worked out the math, people. Okay, here's how it breaks down. If you're betting a legal sports book or an illegal sports book, either way, you're betting with minus 110 odds. Now, that 
extra point one goes to the sports book. So you're basically paying extra money to have your bet placed, right? Here's an example of this. If me and Hayden bet on, you know, let's say, so I'm watching Gonzaga St. Mary's in the, in the, uh, in the West coast championship, the winner of this goes to the NCAA tournament. Well, actually both teams are going to the NCAA tournament. This is, this is null and void. If you know, the spread in the game, I think was Gonzaga minus 15. All right. So if I'm taking the bet with Hayden, Hayden takes St. Mary's plus 15, I take Gonzaga minus 15. So we're each on the opposite side here. Okay. Whoever we bet 50 bucks on the game, whoever wins the bet, we pay, pays the other person 50 bucks. If you're betting this on a sports book, you're paying $55 and you're only winning 50. And that's because of what's called the VIG, the juice, minus 110. Normally, you would get minus 100. Well, if you're betting with your friends or whatever, you're getting minus 100, okay? So, but normally you're getting the minus 110 because the sports book takes the extra 10%. That's just how it's always, that's how it always works. That's how it's always been. Ergo, if you went 16 and 16 on minus 100 bets, you'd be exactly even. But because you're laying the 110, the minus 110, you're paying the extra 10% juice on each bet that you place. You have to win more than you lose in order to even think about profiting. Okay, so let's think about this. If you win, let's say you place $10 on each of the first half unders. Okay, and there's 32 of them total. If you win 17 and you lose 15, you win 17, you got 10 bucks on each first half under, you got 170 bucks in your pocket. Okay, now you win 17, you lose 15. 15 is coming, you know, 15 games times the $10 that you're betting on each of these games. That's $150. Okay, so as of right now, what we have is, uh, you know, $170 in wins and then $150 in losses. But again, like I said, you have to consider the juice here. You have to consider the extra 10% that you're paying to the sports book to even have your bet placed. So what we're going to do is we're going to multiply the whole 32. Well, no, never mind. We're going to play the multiply the 15 times an extra $1, because if you're going to make a $10 bet, you're going to have to lay $11. You're going to have to place the bet, you know, risk $11 to win $10. So in the 15 games that you lose, you're paying an extra $1 for to, in order to place that bet. Okay. So as we're going to go back to the math we had before, and hopefully this is all making sense here. We got $170 won on the 17 games that you did hit on, and then $150 on the games that you lost. Now we have to add in the extra $15 in because you're paying the sports book to let you place that bet. So you've lost an extra $15 on top of the $150 that you lost just by, you know, just by, you know, placing the bets. Okay. Now here's the cool part. Guess what that works out to being? You profit $170 on the games you won, and then you lose $150 plus $15, so $165 total on the games that you lost. You profit $5. Now, you're saying, Matt, that's terrible value. You have to go 17 and 15 just to even win five bucks? Yes. Okay, but is that going to happen? No, you're going to win way more than just, uh, you know, 53% or whatever that ends up being. It's going to go way more than 17 and 15. And if it doesn't, I'll take the blame for it. I got gotcha. you. Again, I'm not, in, I'm not forcing you to bet these games, but I am saying that I am personally investing my money on each of these first half unders. And that's the way that the math works out. So I hope that that made sense. If it doesn't, it's totally okay. I'm going to explain it again next week. And I'm going to give you next week, I'm going to give you the numbers. We're going to be, I'm going to go through each of the 32 numbers. I'm going to tell you what number I'm betting, what number I'm okay with still getting. And either way, all the first half unders, we're going to bet all of them. We're going to, we're going to place them. We're going to win some money on them. And again, if it goes 17 and 15 or better, 
you're, you're, you're profiting. It doesn't matter what, what, what the numbers are. It doesn't matter what the totals are. It doesn't matter what the number ends up being. As long as you're winning money, that's all that I care about. So we're going to be making 32 total bets. It's a lot. It's a lot. I get it. If you want to bet five bucks on each game, that's totally fine. You can do it. Again, as long as you go better than 17 and 15, we're cashing the tickets. So that's hopefully that explains a little bit about how the math works out, what we're aiming for when it comes to making these 32 first half under bets. And I mean, hey, from here on out, we're just waiting for the numbers to the numbers to pop. Like I said, I mentioned this on the podcast last week. I'm talking about it again today. I'll talk about it again a third time on the podcast next Tuesday with the actual numbers for the first half unders and what we're going to be betting them at and everything like that. That way we've had three full weeks to kind of get this under our belt, understand it a little bit. And then we're going to be, you know, we're going to be ready to cash these tickets when it comes to the Thursday and Friday of the first round of the NCAA tournament. So that's it. That's your betting lock of the week. It's a locks of the week. It's not this week. It's not last week. It's next week. It's not all day next, or it's not all week next week. It's Thursday and Friday of next week. It's 32 total games. It's a lot of investment to make, but you're going to profit because the trend says so. And I can guarantee it. So we're just waiting for that to come again. Like I said, next week, we're going to give you all the numbers. It'll be totally fine. But at least this was able, you know, you were kind of able to get a good understanding of how, you know, how we're thinking about with the math and how it works, what you're paying the sports book. That's all. It's all factored in. All right. I do this. I do it a lot. So I got it. I got us covered. We're all good to go here on the first hour rundown podcast. And I can't wait to present these numbers and statistics and record and profits to you. Once we come two weeks from today, uh, talking about the first half unders and how much money we want. Alrighty. There you go. Full, full breakdown, full explanation of where Matt's coming from with these 32 first half unders here. I like it. And the more Matt talks about it again, Matt doesn't really talk about it much to me outside of this podcast. So like what you guys hear on this podcast is basically what I hear as well. That's all that I hear. So it, it, it's sounding good to me. I don't know. I'm, you know, I sat here and I, I took all that in and it, it makes sense to me because again, I'm, I'm, I don't bet on sports because I am not of age to do so. So I don't do that. And I don't cheat by using like somebody else's social security number or whatever, because I know some kids my age do that, but I don't do that. So Again, I'm, I'm I don't illegally bet, but um, you know that's not to say when I turn 21 that I won't start. But I don't know. We'll just we'll have to see. But yeah, I I I have gotten into kind of like the betting world, and kind of I've gotten into understanding odds and understanding how sports books do things and kind of like the ins and outs of where you want to put your money and kind of how to analyze like if they move the lines, like where to put your money. And, you know, which which bets are juicy. So I've and and Will's also my roommate, Will, he's in the sports betting and he also like taught me a lot of that. So, I mean, you know, props to him for doing that. But yeah, so th- that all makes sense. The the 17 and 15 record that that does make sense. The extra 15 bucks that you're giving to the sports books to to kind of, you know, f- for that minus 110, that totally makes sense. But you're yeah, you'll still be making five bucks there. So that's 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 all fine and dandy. Alrighty, well, that is going to wrap up this episode. This episode actually went for a pretty long time, but again, it was kind of expected because we had such a long college basketball segment, but it was really fun doing it. Honestly, today was one of one of the most fun episodes I think that we've had ever. So yeah, we, we got some NFL in for you guys as well. We will save PGA till next time on Saturday. Um, and Matt will probably talk a lot about that on, on, on Saturday because we won't really have much to talk. I mean, we'll have conference tournaments that will have transpired for the most part. You know, obviously there's still those, those few that have to finish up on Saturday night 
And then even Sunday morning and like Sunday during the day, right before selection Sunday, some of them finish up then, but we'll, we'll be talking about, you know, where our picks are at and kind of the, the, the teams that are making runs and everything like that. So that'll be exciting to get into that. And so we'll also get to PGA and on Saturday for you guys then. But yeah, that, that about does it for our episode today. I hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you guys on Saturday.